there, I'm Leslie Goodburn. You're listening to the Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcast. In the podcast, we look at pancreatic cancer across its impacts, outcomes, and future treatment and support. We'll hear from patients, loved ones about the reality of the diagnosis. We'll hear from surgeons, oncologists, and nurses about the work they do to support people who are affected. We'll hear about the wonderful work done by researchers to find a breakthrough in understanding and treatments for the future. We hope that as a result of the podcast, you'll learn more about the signs and symptoms, about how this diagnosis affects the family, about the hope for the future. Thank you for listening. Charlotte and I look forward to you joining us on our journey through pancreatic cancer throughout the 30 days of November with contributors from across the world. The Purple Rainbow podcasts are produced as part of Seth's legacy in memory of my wonderful, kind, curious, funny husband, Seth Goodburn. Hello and welcome to today's episode. It is the last in this series of uh, Purple Rainbow podcasts for 2022. So we're finishing off with a conversation between myself and Leslie, Leslie Goodburn. I began by asking Leslie how this month has gone for her. Oh, and I should probably add, we get a guest appearance from gorgeous Gertie too. Well, it's been a busy month. I've been wearing various different purple hats. Nice. Not that, not that anyone can see them, but that's been um, interesting on Zoom and Teams meetings. Um, meeting with people perhaps that you've never met before wearing a big sort of wedding purple hat. So it does look like you're off to Royal Ascot. Yeah, there have been smaller ones. and um, <laughs> But it's a really good way of raising awareness because most people will ask you why you're sitting there in a big hat. And then you can tell them all about pancreatic cancer and the statistics and... Um, what it means to people to get a diagnosis. So it's a good conversation starter. Um, I did go to a conference over the weekend in Brussels around um, clinical um, oncology research um, and found it really difficult in person to wear some headbands with purple flowers on and purple butterflies um, to do it in person and to sit there in a room full of 200 people <laughs> and everybody wonder why and be too polite to ask. So it took about a day and a bit before people started to ask me. So that's been interesting. Um, so apart from that, i um, been listening avidly to the podcasts and listening to the researchers and the nurses and the patients and everything that's been going on there. been doing um, a little bit of sharing of my own story through some a to Z of pancreatic cancer. So talking about the disease itself, its biology, what happened with Seth and how that impacted. That was quite a challenge when I got to X because I didn't have a word for X. So we did X marks the spot. Um, done a couple of radio interviews, a podcast, um, done some work with Staffordshire University and North Bristol Trust. Um, sharing Seth's story and talking about the impact of a pancreatic cancer diagnosis with trainee surgeons and third-year nursing students and many other things in between. So you've packed in quite a bit in 30 days, haven't you? Feels like it. Feels like it's time for a break. And what's been your feeling over this month? Have Has it been, I mean, I know this feels like the first time we've been in person again. It feels like the first time people have been out for a couple of years and not doing the these sort of campaigns alone on zoom or on teams or whatever 
thing that you're using. How has it been? Have you managed to get out one? If you're wondering what that noise is, if you're listening, um, it's Gertie, gorgeous Gertie. She's out and about causing chaos, as always, isn't she? Sorry about that, yes. Gertrude, please, please be a good girl. I'm talking to Charlotte. Yes, it, it has felt more connected this year. I think um, people have been doing things physically, setting up stands, talking to people, going to events. Um, I think there's still been quite a lot of stuff online as well, which is useful because it makes it more connected and more convenient for people not to have to travel. But um, yeah, it feels like people are connecting more face-to-face and um, getting back to the way things used to be before that pandemic. I felt when I've done the interviews this year for the podcast, there's been a real sense of positivity and hope. Now that hope isn't necessarily right around the corner, but it feels like it's gaining some momentum. Talking to the researchers in particular who, you know, celebrate every small little, uh, little discovery that they make, but it feels like each of those are building and building and building. And talking to the nurses as well. I've really enjoyed talking to the nurses and hearing hearing what they do and the support they offer. Because I think all too often we talk to surgeons, we talk to high-end clinicians who do do really, really important work. But I don't think we can undervalue the, the you know what, what nurses do. You know, they are there sitting next to them to patients, supporting patients, signposting patients to other uh, other support that there is out there when they get, you know, when they're leaving hospital, maybe, or going into hospice and make sure, you know, showing that hospice care isn't scary. It can be used as a support, as respite. And I think that has been a really lovely thing for me to, to be part of this year as well. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, through the pandemic, many of those um, specialist nurses for pancreatic cancer were really probably doing other things because they weren't necessarily able to do pancreatic cancer surgery or support patients in quite the same way. Um, And I think listening to them, just the passion that they've got, the absolute commitment that they've got to supporting patients and families really shines through. And I think that whole thing about being a professional mitherer, um, a couple of people picked that up in the podcast, didn't they? I think um, just the role, it must be so difficult every single day you know, go to work and support people who've perhaps had the most devastating of news. Um, so full of admiration for everything they do, everything that they support people with. Um, and it must be a difficult job to do, although, you know, you heard from the interviews how rewarding that job was too. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I particularly enjoyed those. And tomorrow, Thursday, there's a meeting, first time face-to-face meeting of the specialist hepatobiliary nurse, cancer nurse, clinical nurse specialist network in Leeds. Didn't quite fit into November. They had to sort of move over to December the 1st. Um, But it will be really good. And I'm going up there to um, talk to some of those nurses around some work we're going to do on uh, clinical nurse specialist day in March next year. So it will be really lovely to meet some of the people who are on the podcast and have all those lovely professional mitherers all in one room together. Can you imagine the mithering that's going to take place? <laughs> what I found, you did say that, you know, it was a it's a difficult job, but rewarding job. But there was a few of the nurses that said it's the best job in the world, actually. And I can totally see that. I can totally see how it, how it, how it would be the best job. 
in the world. And of course, we spoke to a few patients as well, some with remarkable stories. Um, Katia, in, for one, um, has a remarkable story. But also it's lovely to speak to to Les as well in um, in St. Helens, just uh, about his recent diagnosis and his his real positive attitude as well. And I know attitude is something that you've sort of had a thought you've had thoughts about in the past about you know about Seth and his his what you know how people say oh positive attitude and it's not all necessarily down to attitude but you've had thoughts about about that with Seth haven't you yeah and I think um meeting Katia in in May this year in Vienna um it really brought home the fact that she was diagnosed in the same month, in the same year as Seth, but eight years later, despite the prognosis, despite all the operations, immunology, chemo treatments, all the challenges that she faced, she is still here and she is still living life to the full as she, as she can live in with that disease. So it, it really made me think about, you know, I always sort of said to people, well, it was too late for Seth and I think it, if it had been earlier, he wouldn't have wanted chemo. He wouldn't want it. Wouldn't have wanted to go through that process, knowing him the way that I knew him. Um, but Katia really made me reflect about the hope that there is, um, people's attitude towards the disease, the kind of fatalism that there is, um, and just the combination of the individual type of tumor that you've got, your attitude to it, and just luck or circumstance and that sounds like such a flippant thing to say yeah. but I think I think that is an element in pancreatic cancer and I talked about you know being on this um, session with trainee surgeons where I shared Seth's um, story there was a lady on there who was a patient who'd been told that she had late stage pancreatic cancer um, to get her affairs in order she had some chemo it didn't really work um, she described being taken on holiday as a kind of end-of-life palliative care patient, being wheeled um, by a family across the seafront, um, and then having this extraordinary experience where she said she felt like there was some kind of pulsating in her body. Something changed. She felt this energy in her body, and she started to feel better. And I think it might have been three or four years later, um, she still has stage four pancreatic cancer that's under control she's living life to the full wow. absolute turnaround she's not on a palliative care end of life pathway anymore um and i don't know what that pulsating was i i have no idea but something happened and something changed for that lady and she you know she has hope for the future she's had some um ablation of lung and liver um tumors um, but she is living life to the full, whereas before she was sitting in a wheelchair waiting to die. So the whole thing about hope, um, coincidence, circumstance, tumour type, um, I think Cassia's, Cassia's podcast really said it all. And yeah. also Dan, who was really quite young um, yeah. in terms of the diagnosis and, you know, through that traumatic Whipple surgery, having the removal of his pancreas and living with diabetes, but... Yeah, it's lovely to hear that he's married his fiance yeah. and that things were looking good for the future. Yeah, and I think that was that was another lovely interview to do as well. Um, I really enjoyed talking to Dan, and it turns out we used to run the same running routes in the old. When I, <laughs> <laughs> you 
is like, hang on, I used, to, I used to run that route as well. And I thought I'd made that route up all by myself. It clearly wasn't a very unique route that I'd made up. <laughs> Everybody else had done it as well. But yeah, so that was a lovely, a lovely conversation to have as well. Of course, you know, the reality is for, for many people, they will get diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and it will, it is terminal. It is, um, you know, there isn't, they don't necessarily have a huge amount of time left. And that's something I think that we have to keep in focus as well. And, you know, we have to keep pushing for funding. We have to keep pushing for change, don't we? Yeah, and I think, you know, George's um, podcast the other day around the optimal care pathway and the work that Pancreatic Cancer UK are doing um, is hope for the future. Um, The fact that they've been able to bring together a community of surgeons, physiotherapists, nurses, researchers, scientists, patients, um, anyone involved in pancreatic cancer is involved in that optimal care pathway. So I think that, again, is a real source of hope for the future. And apologies, Charlotte, Gertie is just being impossible underneath this desk at the moment. That's unlike Um, Gertie. (laughs) I think it's me. I think I bring out the worst in her. I think I bring out the naughty puppy. You, Gertrude, (laughs) you are being very naughty. It wouldn't be a Purple Rainbow podcast without a bit of Gertie, though, would it? No, we couldn't, we couldn't has, finish the month without Gertie. And she has been wearing a purple bandanas too. I was, say, I was about to ask how has Gertie got involved? Is it the yeah, purple not, bandanas? Not, not quite so much. Not quite so much. But um, yeah, she's been wearing purple bandanas. But yeah, the, the, the whole thing about sort of everyone working together with this aim in mind to find some kind of breakthrough in treatment to hopefully one day find a cure and and even to find more supportive ways of of um, taking people through that journey when the the diagnosis is a terminal one um i don't think you could find a community of people more committed one way or another to the to the support given to patients and families um and it's funny you say about the community and I always talk about how great the, the pancreatic cancer community is. And I, it's something I mentioned to Howard Crawford in yesterday's podcast about the community of researchers and scientists and who are working on it together. And it feels so collaborative. Yes, of course, people do want to be first. But equally, he was saying that if his, he's happy if a paper he's written is referenced in a paper and a paper. And, you know, he doesn't have to be the one making that final discovery but he because he knows that he would have contributed to it and actually it's the bigger picture of getting that cure getting that breakthrough and he's like saying about there's no better community than this one that he's worked in for 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 that collaboration and working together and it was really um interesting to hear howard talk about the work that he's doing and that being based on some of the work of andrew biankin and the precision pank work that I know we've talked about before on podcasts and we've we've heard from David and others around that work. Um, And also one of the coincidences was when you spoke to Talia um, from Israel about the work she was doing around the BRCA gene, um, Howard tweeted that he was in Israel with Talia on the day that podcast went out. So just just the connections to to everyone involved um, 
and the coincidences, everyone is connected and trying to work together and share um, the research that they're doing. And I thought the other thing that was really interesting and inspiring for me was to hear all the younger folks who were doing the PhD work um, around whether it was clinical trials, whether it was ANA and the impact of um, pancreatic cancer diagnosis on depression, anxiety, those kind of things, um, was just really, really inspiring. And just so, and it was great to hear from Pilar, who'd done her PhD research and now was kind of running a lab and, and encouraging others to, to join the community. So that all feels really inspiring to me too. Yeah, there's a lot said about the younger generation, about millennials, although millennials are turning 40 now, apparently, uh, about millennials and Gen Z. But actually, I think the sense of there's a sense of um, justice and fairness in that generation. And I think they can see that there hasn't been much justice or fairness in the way that pancreatic cancer research has been funded. So they wanted to redress that balance. There was a real feeling of, hang on a minute, not enough's being done. I want to help make help switch the balance over on that so i think that's something to be really positive about yeah and i also thought the forgive me i can't remember the lady's name who spoke about the physiotherapy interventions the lady who had a voice almost the same as yours now you see you sent me a message that said she sounds (laughs) just like you and i went oh my goodness have i put the wrong have i just have i have i not upload have i have i done something bad in the edit where it's just my voice i thought it was like a subtle kind of (laughs) i was like oh no what have i done i've panicked and i had to go back and just double check everything (laughs) both of you sounded amazingly similar to me but um (laughs) but you know all that work that's been done around um getting people fit for treatment um and when you think of physiotherapy i think you kind of said it in the podcast you know you think about injuries and getting back to running or whatever but really about just people taking the time and the care to get as fit as they can to to be able to deal with that pancreatic cancer diagnosis so i've enjoyed every single one and um, I have colleagues who committed to share the podcast each day on Twitter and the feedback from them and they've listened to everyone and religiously retweeted everyone every day. Um, just the sense of hope that they got from, from this series, um, from the people who were involved and the absolute sense of commitment to, to make that breakthrough. Brilliant. Well, I think there's nothing left to say apart from a huge thank you to everyone who gave up their time to take part in these podcasts. They'd be pretty rubbish if it was just me talking to myself. They'd be <laughs> they'd be over very, very quickly. So thank you very much to everybody who took the time to to take part. There were some that didn't manage to get um, happened. And I appreciate everybody who tried to get on, but for timing reasons, we couldn't do it. So don't think you're getting away with it, though, because we've got plans for next year as well. We'll be doing something again next year for... Um, pancreatic cancer awareness month or maybe not maybe maybe during the year we haven't quite come up with a plan but there is a plan for more podcasts next year so don't forget these podcasts are not going anywhere they will stay online for as long as podcasts exist these podcasts will be online you can listen to them all you can listen to last year's you can listen to all of the years that we we've done um episodes of the podcast they don't go anywhere and of course you can also go to purplerainbow.co.uk to find out a little bit more about what we get up to